Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. <clears throat> In a dimly lit room adorned with antique furnishings, the trio of players stood before an assembled crowd, their expressions a blend of anxiety and curiosity. Miss Marple, the astute observer, took her place amidst the gathered onlookers, her gentle demeanour masking the sharpness of her mind. The murmurs of anticipation subsided as Miss Marple cleared her throat and addressed the room. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today to shed light on a most intriguing puzzle, she began, her voice carrying the weight of certainty. It is evident that the events of the match against Rotherham United were not mere happenstance. Instead, we are facing, faced with a most cunning plot, where each of you three played a significant role, she pointed at the three players. Kiana Hoover's eyes widened with surprise, while Andre Vidigal shifted uneasily on his feet. Jacob Brown, a picture of stoic resolve, looked on intently. Indeed, Miss Marple continued, your goals were not merely displays of skill, but rather calculated moves in a game of intrigue. Kiana Hoover, your opening strike was akin to the drawing of a curtain, setting the stage for what was to come. As for you, Andre Vidigal, she said, her gaze steady, your two goals were executed with such finesse, one could not help but marvel at their almost clandestine nature. Each strike was a piece of a carefully orchestrated puzzle. And Jacob Brown, Miss Marple turned to him. Your goal, seemingly straightforward, was in fact the piece de resistance, a move that concluded this enigmatic drama with seemingly artless precision. The room fell silent, the trio of players exchanging glances as the weight of Miss Marple's words settled upon them. Gentlemen, she said, her voice soft yet firm, the truth is like a hidden thread running through the fabric of this match. Your goals, masterfully concealed, form the tapestry of... The murder of Rotherham United! <laughs> Thank you, Agatha Christie, for today's introduction. <laughs> you joined me. Did, didn't know she listened. I know, I know, me neither, me neither. But uh, it's good good of her to good of her to call in. Um joining me, Chris. You heard him there. Dave Cowlishaw, how are you doing? Oi oi. Oi <laughs> Tom Thrower, are you well? I can't believe I just heard heard a goal be described as clandestine. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, how are we doing? Hoover. <laughs> it was get ready for this, gentlemen. First day of the season. Stoke City four. Rotherham United one. Um <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, let us start. By some voice notes from you, the dear listener. What do you say, Dave? Oh, good. Uh, we've got quite a lot this week. Uh, after uh, sending out ten tweets or X's uh, asking you to, um, we've got uh, just some lovely stuff. So let's just sit back and enjoy, gentlemen. Hello, John Coates here. Not that one, a different one. Anyway. What a brilliant season we're having. We had a brilliant World Cup Christmas, and then we got a brilliant foreign manager, and now we're brilliant. My dad even did that hissing noise he makes when he's happy. Anyway, I'll have to get on because it's nearly lunchtime and I've got an appointment at the orphanage, and I don't want to be late because it's very important we don't let my sister get hungry. Anyway, brilliant. Go on, Stoke. I think Andre Vidigal. It's brilliant. Yesterday was absolutely brilliant day. I'll tell you now, Stoke are going up because 
with Andrei Vidigal, you could just have Brown holding it up. You just need him on the counter. When you've got Ben Pearson setting, let Laurent do all his work, getting in the box. Hoover, he's, he's looking good. Nice and sharp again. That Andrei Vidigal, have got something about him. That Ryan May, um, he, I think he's just settling in. But, yeah, you need Andre Vidigal and that Ballon d'Or race, mate. Because my brother's <laughs> a Liverpool fan. Yes. And he's saying a but let's be all be real right now. Andre Vidigal will go on anyone's team. I love him. He's a good lad. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Good to hear from Tony. Good to hear from Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I get motion push out now, or is it a bit too early for motion push? Never too early. I am on the train back from Stoke City Four, Rotherham United One, and. It was really, really good. Um, I don't know who this reprobate is. They've even managed to fix the food hub challenge by removing Jonty Sargent's arbitrary control of time and replacing it with 10 footballs for people to try and put in to win a £20 voucher. Sorry, sorry, just pausing it there. Jonty Sargent's arbitrary control of time. It's an Alex Turner song title. If I've ever heard. <laughs> John T. Sargent. Best part of that game. Um, if we play teams like Rotherham every week, I think we will be promoted. I am trying not to get carried away, but I think that Andre Vidigal and Daniel Johnson and Ender Stevens, of all people, may just be the best footballers I have ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. You've 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 been shown up by uh, a child and a pretend John Coates. <laughs> I look forward to discussing this with myself on Sunday evening. It's been great. Really enjoying this. The stops are just flying past on this train. <laughs> this is what East Midlands Rail does yeah. to people. It's great. Long may it continue that we fly so high in the league. Come on, Stoke. So I watched the game from my hotel room in Morocco, much to the dismay of my fiance, I must say. Um, before the game, I was a bit apprehensive because you know you never, you never know with the start of the season how we're going to do and how it's all going to play off. But you know, first goal went in. I was jumping around. You know, it felt good. Good to be watching a positive Stoke performance for a change. And, you know, we're not just stagnant at the back. Um, even the people that didn't shine had a good game. You know, the defence, a few mistakes here and there, but overall they were solid. So, yeah, it was just nice to see a positive performance and hopeful for the future. Dead good, that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that'll shit. do it. <laughs> yeah, you know the one. <laughs> Yeah, un- unfamiliar feeling that. We've just faced a side who traditionally come here for a low block 1-0 victory and uh, we've we've decided to score some goals past them and ask some questions. So, yeah, very, very happy with the start of Stokes' campaign. Ben Pearson, I thought, was man of the match. Absolutely brilliant. But, yeah, long may that continue. Oh, oh, the turntables, boys and girls. Um, fantastic. Um, great, great win. Um, it's nice to see that um, already, after the first game, we're starting to see what a, 
um, Alex Neal team looks like. Um, I thought it'd take you know a few weeks, maybe some months. Um, but already I feel like that's the midfield now, isn't it? Um, that's the front three. That's the Alex Neal Stoke City front three. Um, my only worry, worry slightly would be defence. Just obviously we need somebody back up for Hoover. Um, love Timon, one of my favourite players. Um, but I don't think he could offer probably what Stevens offers as a left back because he's more of a wing back, isn't he? Um, and obviously we need we, we still need another centre back. Um, but we'll sort that, won't we? We've got um, a few weeks few weeks to go. Um, so yeah, um, we're in for an interesting season, which will be nice. Um, we'll have some fun. Not <laughs> fun for a very long time. Ah, some lovely oh. contributions there. Was that I Mark was Wood? Did, did Mark Wood send a voice note in at the end there? <laughs> I think it was Mario from the uh, Mario games, just at the <laughs> end there. Yeah, love, lovely range of voices that you get to hear, um, especially those after sort of 7pm on the Saturday. Always good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it, it, I don't know if this is... Um, years of being hurt perhaps but everyone was really positive there and it's lovely because you know great and i'm kind of thinking how are we gonna get hurt because i'm (laughs) (laughs) and so i asked the question yesterday stoke city four rotherham united just the one um just the start we wanted from the season i think it's probably a better result than anyone really expected were we good or were rotherham united bad I actually thought Rotherham played a lot better than they did when they beat us 1-0 last season at home, where they just... because So, for the first half, yeah, I think we were we were really good and they really didn't do anything. But then, obviously, they scored a goal like 10 seconds into the second half. And I think I was just sat there waiting for it. Everyone's going to be like, a bit worried. I was quite relieved when they had their man sent off in the sense that from there, you knew it was just going to be an easy ride till full time. But they were... Bad, but I would say they were bad because we made them look bad. They weren't atrocious. They were no worse than other teams that have come to Stoke and won in the past. They probably like will be <laughs> unhappy with some of the goals they conceded. But in terms of like general play, I've seen teams come down like that and win one nil. So really, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily rather than being bad. But I thought we were really clinical when it mattered. So that's good. That's a good start. It was like what yeah, someone you... said on the old uh, sending things in about you know Rotherham turn up and low blockers, which I'm, I mean I'm I'm hearing a member of the general public use the term low block, which I think means the stats and uh, tactics wankers have won. So that's good news <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, they they normally come and and sit back and nick a goal against us and have their goalkeeper turn into some kind of uh, vague, pointless superhero who's just good at stopping soap goals. Um, we had a new player score goals for the on their first appearance. That is not a thing. Like, no, that doesn't happen for us. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm so confused. I, I did not... I thought even, even at the best of results it was just going to be a, a a narrow win where everything was at least a little bit tetchy but it doesn't seem like that we started exactly how we finished last season 
Hoover just being a really good late run into the back post um, threat and carried on with confidence, which is, you know, good. Considering we finished the season so poorly last season, to sort of put that to one side and step up is is good. Yeah, we um, showed exactly where results and goals will come from this season in in small glimpses. Um I absolutely adore the Hoover late charge from nowhere. In the build-up to the goal, someone shouted uh, to Josh Lauren, back post. I was like, who the fuck said that back? Oh, there he is. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, oh, God, what what an incredible finisher this quote-unquote right back is, by the way. He's just <laughs> absolutely superb. How, um, how, many, how many goals is that for him now, like in his collective time here? Four, I think. Like, like, four or five. Yeah. Have, yeah. I I um I could be missing someone completely, but I can't think of another like right back, left back or whatever who's scored as many. <laughs> like at least we, not from like open play. I was gonna say we had like Higginbottom and Hoofkins yeah. who used to take like penalties, right? But I mean I've never seen a Stoke fullback um yeah, do as many as good marauding runs and popping yeah. up at the back stick, yeah. Yeah. Um, what uh, one for the uh, teenagers, Mikhail Hansen vibes, but even then, I don't think Hansen necessarily scored that many. He's as dangerous for, for scoring from that position as Eric Peters was when he tried to cross it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's so that's good. Um, but yeah, there was even there was a couple of switches from Wilmot, which mm. we love. We love mm. Wilmot switching up to Hoover, smashing it down the right hand side. Uh, but we also saw Ender Stevens, like not. Yeah not exactly shy about coming forwards either, which I know the, the scenario of the game helped in that, but um, he wasn't necessarily the sort of, you know, stay stay in your half kind of player we might have, uh, I might have um, pigeon, pigeonholed him as. Um, yeah, but it was just, there was just terrific moments um, that gave glimpses of how we're going to create and score goals. Vidigal, um, I'm sure we'll get on to talking about him, but his <laughs> general movement and the sort of the, the rush of excitement when he got the ball. Uh, Daniel Johnson sort of, I, sort of just tackling his way around the pitch. Even with the ball, he was sort of tackling it. I can't really describe him. Um, he, he's just a, sort of a very sort of, a very English attacking midfielder in that he just sort of, he got there by graft. And he, he was gra- he was doing a lot of grafty stuff whilst also being quite skillful about it. I've I've absolutely butchered that, but you you know what I mean. Um, mm. And yeah, just nice nice things were happening. They, they, yeah, absolutely were. I mean, all all the goals I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I suppose I I because we, we, we'll, we'll talk about the goals when we talk about the the new players and stuff but i suppose in terms of a moment to talk about that wasn't a goal the red card or should i say second yellow um i thought it was like the most obvious refereeing decision uh, and yet fascist account barstool football don't know if they're fascist but i'm just gonna label them that anyway (laughs) yeah Um, pretty pretty much chris yeah Um, they are they like oh the game the game has gone it's like well and that's it, lads. Like first off, Yanks, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I... 
Well, exactly. When the US US has a decent women's football team, I'll take their opinions on this. Wait, it was was obviously a second yellow, right? I, I thought he got man and ball and went through man to get the ball, therefore probably a second yellow because it wasn't the most controlled challenge. I didn't think it was as... I think even when you look at it, I, th- I find it very difficult to go, oh, he clearly got the ball there. It was... it was Everything was very close together and it wasn't particularly controlled and it was a reasonably high challenge. So... It's weird the amount of kind of cut through this. is had probably because it's on a championship weekend before the Premier League starts and this kind of thing might just have gone a bit more viral than it needed to. But I've even had friends message me saying, oh, that that red card was a joke, you know, get using the phrase games gone on ironically. Now they're no longer my friends. Um, but um, <laughs> like I, to those people, I say, watch a regular week of championship football, lads. You know, this mm. does not even touch the sides in terms of outrageous refereeing mm. decisions. Like we could almost certainly think of red cards we have had that have been a lot, lot tamer than this, or red cards that haven't been given that have basically amounted to uh, attempted murder and <laughs> not being given. So what what you, even if you kind of take the position of, yeah, he wins the ball, it's it's still not the most outrageous thing you'll see in the championship. I, I can see how, I can see how it's harsh. Like if that had been our player, I think that we would have been uh, spitting feathers about it, but, you know what? They were three nil down. Didn't have a big a three one down. Didn't have a big mm-hmm. impact on the game. I know it might have calmed things down a bit, but you know, who who, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Uh, Cafu should <laughs> retire. You should have retired after the two thousand two World Cup, to be honest. But no. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say, sorry. It is terrifying watching Ben Pearson run around on a yellow card. It's like <laughs> you just sort of cringe up for like the ten seconds that he's doing it. You're like, oh my god, just stop, just stop, just stop. And yeah, he, he, he took him off at just the right time yesterday. Yeah, yeah. There were a few times I was like, he's gonna get, he's gonna get sent off here. <laughs> Alex, then... Alex, <laughs> Alex, yeah, Alex Neal in his post match on um, Radio Five <laughs> said something similar, like, yeah, we we had to take we had to take Ben Pearson off because like it was gonna, <laughs> it was gonna end one way. <laughs> uh, um, I noticed um, Daniel Johnson uh, um, basically wrestling away from the referee at one point because it's like, no, I know what you're like, Ben. You're going, you're going to get sent off, you idiot. <laughs> Some of the new players then. Um, Johnson, we've mentioned. Uh, there was a lot of new players, but we we should start, I guess, with Vidigal himself. Two goals. I don't know which one I like. I, no, I do. I like the second goal the best because of the ping off the post. I think that's very yep. fun. Um, but what a what a debut, hey? Um, obviously, he's the talking point, but I think, yeah, everyone kind of shined. It was nice to see, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not not only do, does he have the fact he scored two goals, he also had three shots on target in a Stoke debut. Like a Stoke player having three shots on target is something to write home about anyway. I have a feeling that every other club in the championship is going to fucking hate Vidigal this season. He Because mm. not only is he small and tricky and a general nuisance, he also rolled around a little bit. He also drew a load of fouls and he's just, and he did a suey celebration sort of. Oh, um, people are going to try and murder this boy this season. <laughs> 
But we <laughs> caught his interview on the way back home. And what a lovely, wholesome boy he is, saying he'd remember it for the rest of his life and stuff. Oh, hmm. just what a sweetheart. Yeah. I, I actually he, thought... Um... Before his goal, he looked like he was almost trying a bit too hard and like trying to trying to um, make something happen when when there were easier options on. But when he when he after he got that goal, he definitely you could tell he just relaxed and clearly demonstrated he's got a lot of quality. He was denied a hat trick by a really outstanding save as well. Like it, it, in any any other keeper, I think other than the Rotherham one who does, as Tom alluded to, turn into some form of terminator when he turns up at Stoke, um, it would have been a hat trick and. Yeah, he, he would have deserved it as well. Um, but I think he, his performance was definitely supplemented by all the other new signings as well. I mean, I, don't, I can't think anyone had who had a bad game, to be honest. Um, yeah. he, he is a, a little wholesome dude who clearly actually is saying all these things about how much he remember it. I mean, if, you, if anyone has had a look at his Instagram story today, you will see how much it has mattered to him. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. 30 posts of like, like people congratulating him and him just like loving it. And I think that the types of goals he scored, as well as all of the other things that we've been lacking so long in, like a, a, a tricky, talented winger, just the little things, again, that just don't quite feel like things we've had in the side since we came down. So so someone getting onto the end of a sort of scrambly ball in, in the six-yard box that are just tapping it in. And then his second goal, where you think in that scenario, okay, you should finish that chance right the keeper's fallen on his ass there's a couple of defenders on the line your your players at a pretty decent level you should have the composure to stop and hit that in but the way he did it it wasn't like i'd still say that 90 percent of this squad would shit themselves in that mm-hmm, scenario mm-hmm. like even 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 our best finishers like tyrese would probably have a <sighs> moment whereas he just sort of steps into it and he's like yeah all right i'm gonna stick it in off the post cool my right, sound done job done goal number two and it's just, again, just big changes. Was- and I'm glad that he's got off to that start because I guess it could become quite tetchy when we've paid fees for him and, and Mai as well played played well in in what he did and created some chances. Oh, ended up creating the second goal for Vidigal. I, I was going to say the... The, the the build up play by Moroccan Ryan in the run up to that goal, it was like, it was such a shame it wasn't his goal because the way he yeah. kind of like wrong footed the defender was just, ah, oh, it was, it was su- superb. Um, but I think, yeah. Completely... Um, sorry. Don't go on. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Chris. I just got excited at the thought of the player <laughs> Ryan May could be. Um, mm. Just, yeah. Um, I, I would say he didn't have a spectacular game and uh, there, there was just moments, particularly second half where he would, just didn't quite read the pass or read the run or checked himself too much and fine, fine. Um, no one like, especially when you've got Vidigal scoring too. No one's entitled to a, a great debut straight away. Um, but as you allu- uh, alluded to, the the little touch in the build up to the goal is masterful. Also, in the red card incident, you have his dummy turn thing, which creates the whole situation in the oh, first God. place. Um. And so we've got glimpses there of how talented uh, he is, and it's just so unstoked to have these kind of these kind of these kind of players who are do uh, you know they might not always comes off, but they're trying tricks and skills. And mm-hmm. Vidigal's, I don't think any Stoke player in any match ever has done as many stepovers as Vidigal did yesterday, um, 
with the possible exception of the only other player I can think of who gives me the same vibe as Vidigal, which is Peter Hoekstra. He's given me that sort of um, uh, talented foreign winger. I'm going to do step overs. I'm also going to score beautiful goals for you, sort of energy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great. It's really good. Yeah, it was it was nice to see like uh, when he came on, um, Chiquinho trying a, a just a, a complete dummy where he just let the ball run through. It didn't quite come off, unfortunately. But even so, I was like, oh, that's really good. He's trying things. Um, mm-hmm. I was also quite happy with how pissed off Chiquinho managed to look in like his five minute cameo. He looked like really just pissed off at like the officiating. Like he gave he was like giving the linesman evils for a full like thirty seconds when he didn't get a decision. <laughs> it was great. The only the only mark I'll have against Vidigal actually, I don't know if anyone else saw this. He absolutely uh, clobbered Ben Pearson in the warm up. Oh, <laughs> to the extent to the extent that Ben Pearson like audibly swore from where I was sitting and like laid down for five minutes and the physios were having a look oh, at him gosh. and I was really worried. But he did, he did. He did recover. But he looked. He looked. He looked terrified after he'd done it. He like sort of dawdled over and like put his hand on <laughs> Pearson and then just like went back. <laughs> I, I love. I love him already. I, I really do. I think he's great. I, I really. I really hope that he continues to to flourish. It was a very nice start for him. Do we? Do we think then that this is the system? This is how Alex Neal's going to set up. He alluded that to the fact that he will chop and change things based on how play um, other teams will set up. He very much said we expected Rotherham to play this way, and this is what they gave us. But do you think, like the games coming up next week, do you think this is the similar lineup that we'll see? Uh, yeah, similar lineup. I, I guess it's always going to be some basis of a four-two-three-one that can sort of morph into. Either a two three five or a three two five. So probably will be a combo of attacking wing back. So I guess Hoover on the right, Timon on the left. If if that's the situation with Stevens dovetailing uh, Hoover and unknown new more defensive right back slash centre back that we don't have yet. Um, and then it's just going to be this and nice. I can't really see him going to the three at the back system. He rubbished that when he was at Sunderland mm. and didn't desperately seem to enjoy playing it with us. So um, it's good. We're, we're, we have a solid base of a team now, it would appear. I think the, the challenge will be, as it was last season, when teams, and I don't really know why Rotherham sort of forgot, when teams sort of clocked onto the fact that Hoover would make that late run. We did at times look a bit a bit stifled and a bit lacking in creativity. I think we've compensated that with other areas of the pitch, but I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, in the next, I don't know, few games we start to see Hoover more tightly marked and that might, you know, force us to pursue other avenues. Because I mean Hoover yesterday was essentially playing as as a right winger. He was he got back when he needed to, but he was just sort of sitting on the halfway line waiting for the play to come towards him or will not to switch it towards him. Um so I guess the real challenge will be when teams make adjustments to us. But yeah, I think, I think like Tom says, I think there'll be slight adjustments, but as a basis of a system, it's pretty much what we played throughout pre-season. It's what we started the season with. I can't really see him deviating much from it um, without being forced to by, you know, teams changing their approach to us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, the Ipswich game in particular, certainly away from home against a club that are kind of fancy to do well this season, whether we... Or whether whether we're allowed to by them to be as front foot 
as we were against Rotherham, it would certainly be difficult, more difficult. But you know, is he gonna maybe be a bit more cautious in terms in terms of either his lineup or his system? Will uh, Daniel Johnson be playing perhaps further back? Or I, I don't know. I, I'd I'd like to see us go. You know. Alex Neal's Basball vibesy bucket at Potters <laughs> uh, away from home and just and just see what happens because we've certainly won games away from home by big margins before under Alex Neal. So um, I'm not I'm not saying that I expect that, but you know uh, certainly he's he's found joy by letting the shackles off away from home uh, in a way that previous managers haven't and been more conservative. Um, but even if teams clock on to the fact that uh, Hoover. Um, arrives late at the back post. We've got Brownie back thick, uh, which is uh, <laughs> lovely as well. <laughs> um, two, two more bits then. I love quickly. Josh Lauren, by the way. I love Josh. Oh, well, I was going to... Okay, well, let's make that three things really quickly because um, we're running out of time for part one. Um, Lauren as captain, are we all happy with that decision? Is it the right decision? I think it probably is. Hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's just lovely, isn't he? He's he's just mm-hmm. a very nice footballer, and they all, everyone seems to like him. And yeah, very happy with it. There was no Tyrese in the lineup at all yesterday. Apparently, he has a knock. the The rumor merchants believe that a move to Everton is in the works. Uh, what do we think of that one? The worst career move he could genuinely pull, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't want someone to. I, I, but look, if if Tyrese has a Premier League offer on and the right money's there, I will be devastated personally to see him go. But maybe it it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to happen, just in the sense of he should develop his career. He shouldn't really have any allegiance to us. But don't go to Everton. That is literally mm-hmm. a fiery rubbish bin floating in the Mersey. It's a bad <laughs> idea. And soon it's going to, and then it's going to be in a big shiny toilet bowl of a stadium. I just, yeah, I'm don't don't go to Everton, Tyrese, if you're listening. I, I, I think um, is the Everton link partly because of his dad and the sort of Probably. narrative around that a little bit. But um, yeah, see see what happened with Liam Delap, Tyrese. You know, the the <laughs> the wholesome family link doesn't always work out. Um, it's it's it sounds strange. I, I hope it is just an injury, but it was because it was strange. Sort of, we weren't expecting Tyrese not to be in the squad, um, and especially because I think Neil had said uh, like he didn't see any more major outgoings unless you know special scenario happened. Um, so yeah, I was a bit concerned and a bit convinced before the game that that meant he's off, and I don't know how much. Uh, believe reports that he's got a knock maybe maybe he does i can i can hope right i guess well i guess it go on sorry chris no 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 go on because i was going to move us on quickly so oh, I, I was just gonna, i was just going to quickly say based on the time remaining on his contract if a club came in with you know a decent offer as upset as i would be to lose him because i think he had been one of the rare bright spots in the past five years i think it would might be sensible business to move him on if that offer is good enough and wish him well but I would. I don't want that to happen necessarily. <laughs> is what I'm, is where I'm at. The wholesome father son connection, though, for the last bit for part one was made even better yesterday. Sol Sadibi making his 
debut at age 16, albeit a very short one. Uh, but we said on the last pod that he impressed us with his manner <laughs> in preseason. Um, it is nice to see, isn't it? Always nice to see. Uh, but do you do you see him getting more minutes this season? He, he didn't look out of place. Well, I mean, I'd be surprised if he played any, you know, significant time. Um, it was the first time I've been at a football match where I thought, God, I'm old. Yeah, because uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, oh Jesus Christ, how's, how's this happened? Um, but yeah, I'd be surprised if he played a lot of minutes. But he didn't look bad when he came on. It was like Alex giving us a little sort of garnish to what was already a, a lovely day. Like here, here is here is a child for you to cheer for now. Um, <laughs> and just it, my my. my Broken, my broken, fragile. What are you laughing at? It's a child my, for my you broken, to cheer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my broken husk of a heart was uh, was kind of um, improved by the the chance of. Uh, we were singing "Solly Sidibe" around us. I don't know what, okay. what everyone else is singing, but um, but yeah, just the the hearing Sidibe's name go around the ground. In those final few uh, minutes, was just absolutely lovely, and he seems like a very well brought up young man, which you'd expect when <laughs> Mama is your dada. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Right, that will conclude us for part one. In part two, we will discuss the rest of the championships, opening fixtures, next week's games, the staff event that was midweek, and whatever else comes to mind. We will see you in part two. Ladies and gentlemen, football enthusiasts and followers of the beautiful game, we present to you The Wizards of Drivel, a Stoke City podcast. Step into the captivating world of Stoke City Football Club, where the magic of The Wizards of Drivel unfolds. It's an audio adventure like no other. Experience an irreverent journey through the triumphs, trials and tales of your beloved Stoke City. Be it wins or losses, we've got it all covered, bringing you the latest escapades in the English Football League. Your passionate hosts will whisk you away into the heart of the action, debating, dissecting, and celebrating every kick, every goal, and every dramatic turn. And, dear listeners, if you haven't already, now is the time to join the ranks of devoted fans. Subscribe to the Wizards of Drivel podcast and never miss a moment of the Stoke City magic. But wait, there's more! You can be part of the Enchanted Circle by spreading the word. Tell your fellow football aficionados about the Wizards of Drivel, and together, let's unite in our love for the Potters. And here's a secret to spell, to cast upon us all. Shower us with your support and enchant us with your kind words. Leave a glowing five-star review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you tune into our magical musings. So, there you have it, dear fans. Subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The Wizards of Drivel Podcast, for all your Stoke City needs. Welcome back to part two of episode 301. A thank you there for intermission music by uh, Parthe News. And of course, the most important one, the little snippet there, uh, sent in by Mr. John Kirchner, um, who sent us some real treats. I look forward to the varying results over the season to play those little things. But yes, part two, um, let's take a 
brief look at the rest of this weekend, I guess. Um, what did we make of the championship? Anyone? Any shock results? Anything that surprised us? Any concrete things that you knew were going to happen? Big surprise um, today. Uh, Tony Mowbray is complaining hey. uh, about the, <laughs> the the refereeing in his side's defeat, uh, which mm. makes a change. Um, also, huge shock was um, Morgan Fox not being the um, defensive glue holding um, QPR together as they got absolutely pumped by Watford. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it was it was just it was just nice to have the championship back. Um, I don't think the veil are necessarily joining us or joining joining the champ joining us joining the championship next season. Um, yeah, just football, football. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leicester and Leeds both had like sort of almost Stoke City twenty uh, two thousand and eighteen moments, but came back to get something out of both games. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, but like early on, especially Leeds, you were like, oh. These look awful, <laughs> but um, yeah. And for, well, the only good thing from a non-Leeds fan perspective is I seriously doubt they'll have two of those front three players by the end of the window. I can't see Somerville and uh, Willie Nanto staying. Um, so that's that's good for the league. Uh, Kane and Dewsbury Hall though could be a problem because he he was really good for Leicester today. Um, Leicester's squad looks frightening, to be honest. And just looking at the players they've got on the bench, for one thing, is, I mean, it is a kind of us the season we went down situation. But you look at that squad and you think that's got to be competing for titles. I know they've got perhaps other issues going on and might not be, you know, smashing the league to bits the way Burnley did. But you think like having Dakar on the bench, Harry Suter on the bench. Um, is Ian Nacho still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on the bench there. Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be fun. I mean, Burnley, Burnley were 16th after five games last season. So yeah. you can't you can't really judge anything until I think teams generally get on a run at like sort of November time and go from there. Even that really good Fulham team didn't really pull away until the sort of turn of the year type of type of time. So it should be fun. Um, we do seem to have entered a new world of relegated Premier League teams sort of in the past like I don't know, three or four seasons of really good players just staying in the championship like Ismail Assar and Pedro being just regular starters for Watford now that also gives us I guess some hope in the sense of Watford had those two and still managed to cock it up so um, it'll be interesting to see whether everyone carries on with having these mega stacked scary squads uh i suspect there'll be some movement don't know why more probably optimism and hope that there will be i just want to say as well i'm a huge fan of gareth ainsworth basically saying everything's fine don't worry lads after they got hammered four nil and he's like you know this guy came on and he was great he looked really positive we still conceded too many shots on our own goal, but other than that, it was it was <laughs> it was good. I like him. He he definitely yeah he he's definitely getting sacked, isn't he? In about three weeks' time, hundred <laughs> percent has that feel. QPR are currently bottom of the table, which is exactly where our friends over at Not the Top Twenty podcast have them finishing. 
in the season. They also predicted us to finish ninth um, and winners of the league to be Leeds United. Um, and I will say they have predicted the winner in the last four seasons. So who knows? They they know their stuff over on that podcast. Unlike second tier pod. Hey, hey, <laughs> let's start a war. Get them. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> what other, what wow. other podcasts can we start a war with this year? Um, second, second tier pod's greatest achievement this off uh, this off season was uh, saying that we'd signed a player we hadn't signed. <laughs> um, Turkish guy who we won't discuss in case Dave's friends from last week come back, but um, <laughs> not again. Uh, yeah, not him again. But yeah, they said we'd signed him, and we haven't. We haven't signed. Him. Well, maybe we have. I don't know. But they also didn't. They also say you know that they they think our transfer business this season is. Uh, good, which oh, apparently they they always say. Apart from when they say that our transfer business has been bad, <laughs> it, it, it certainly, it certainly, it, as, as coming from the profession that I do, I do think it's one hell of a look for a thing that is literally about documenting your own voices saying things to not be consistent with what you're saying. But you know, listen. Like um, I mean, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to it is difficult to host a podcast to produce a podcast. We get that, but I did like that their little because second tier pod. I I don't know them at all. Um, but it does seem like they get a lot of bait out of Stoke fans, and so maybe that's just my perception it's, because I see the Stoke. Is it? No, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> so I think, I think they get a lot of interaction from Stoke fans, but I did like when they were putting their season predictions. And it was the quote like, yeah, I think Stoke could have a good season this year. They could uh, really push for uh, for the playoff places. I uh, predict them to finish 14th. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's not quite I, adding up, gents. I, um, I, I, I don't listen to the second tier pod, but I am fascinated by their social media, which is like half clips from the show and it just seems to be like every day it'll be on this day in 2005 Stoke signed Carl Herfkins and it's just like what like <laughs> you don't see not the top 20 like doing a throwback recall transfers goals etc from for all 24 or 72 in the case of not the top 20 it must be exhausting hope they're paying their social media intern well listen <laughs> this is the thing I just want to point out not the top 20, do not pay for a blue tick. Oh. <laughs> Second tier, however. Hey, it's fine. That I'm sure that that's the sign of good business. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I'm being, oh, being catty. This is horrible. We shouldn't pick wow, on the... No. Is good. It doesn't he, matter no. about second... <laughs> To Chris, no, Chris, they're, they're, not, they're not listening to us. <laughs> well, A, that, and B, we don't need to worry about second tier pod because we won't need them next season. It'll be back. We'll be back on the football ramble. It'll, oh, we'll be back in the mainstream, boys. Back to uh, half-baked opinions on us all over again. <laughs> we're, not, we're not a major club till Barry Glendenning has said something about <laughs> us in a really bored way. <laughs> Oh, oh, I miss I miss journalists who quite clearly hate football talking about football <laughs> yeah. um, about our funny little football club. That's a shame. I, I do miss that. <laughs> um, all right, we've got West Brom in the cup this week and Ipswich next weekend. How do we how do we feel about those? It's kind of after a very optimistic weekend. It's kind of 
I don't know, difficult not to try and go into these with a level of like, yeah, we're going to do great, but are we? Do they matter? I mean, does the cup game matter? I guess is the the main one. You know, in terms of result, but it's good good chance to play our new players. I'm I'm usually a big advocate for a cup run, but I think we'll be rotating the team quite a bit. Obviously, in some positions we can't really do all that much rotation but I expect you'll probably see Pearson rested uh, perhaps uh, well perhaps the whole midfield rested if, if we've got I, the players for it uh, Chiquinho Bon-, probably start, Wesley probably start. Bonham's going to be in goal isn't he? Yeah he will be I'd be surprised if we rotate too much just because this is uh, Saturday was the first time that that, that attack has played with each other uh, and is still be building those relationships um, and I don't know Alex Neil Strauss is the kind of dude who now where it's quite controllable in terms of playing three times in a week that he might want to try and give some of the players who might not be used to that a bit of an experience of it in a bit more of a low pressure scenario um, so I don't know I've just got a feeling that Moroccan Ryan is still going to start that's it, really. Yeah, I think I think maybe for players that need that need fitness, because uh, I think I think Moroccan Ryan didn't look too like match sharp, if that's the right phrase. Still think he, he lacked a bit of that, so he, he might he might feature. But I do think, um, yeah, I don't think you want Ben Pearson playing this game to pick up another yellow card, which he just he just would when he he can definitely pick it up against Ipswich um, instead. Uh, that's that's going to be a, a really interesting fixture. Um, because I mean, I guess traditionally on paper you'd be like, oh, you know, promoted club, you know, we'd be, you know, we we'll pick up something there. But people seem pretty, pretty hot on Ipswich this season, and they did start pretty well away at Sunderland. So it's it's it is going to be a test, I think, and that's that's no bad thing. Two games into the yeah, season. they're going to be absolutely buzzing that home crowd. Like they they've come up like on on the wave of promotion and being tipped to do quite well, and to go to one of the bigger clubs in the league and win as as well is. That that place is going to be absolutely buzzing. So we just we might need to be a bit kind of canny and maybe just take mm-hmm. some of the uh, emotion or um, take some of the speed. Well, not necessarily take the speed out of the game because I think the players we've got might operate best with a bit of um, att- attacking verve. But if there is an occasion for Mister Ben Pearson to slow the play down by whatever means he deems necessary, then I think it could be a game for Pearson to step up and uh, just say, oh, you think you can piss this league, can you? Well, <laughs> here is here are six studs I can <laughs> that can halt that idea. They um they they uh, having watched uh, the only game of the weekend that I've watched like all ninety minutes of, um they basically won by being better than Sunderland from minutes forty till sixty, um so I I don't know if that gives us a bit of a blueprint in the sense of at the start of the match, I don't think they were overawed by the occasion at that point they were just a, a worse team and. I think people are potentially too hot on them just because they have some rich owners and have played some good football in League One. They still have um, Sam Morsi and Massimo Luongo as their midfield duo, who are are both perfectly good footballers, but aren't a pivot who are going to rip the championship to shreds or anything like that. So whilst I'm not saying they're a bad side, I do think it's good to... 
um, not go out there and treat them and be too polite to them because I think that's what Sunderland arguably started to do as the match wore on and Ipswich grew into the match. But then at the end, you could really see for a lot of the Ipswich players, and I think this is probably something that has happened all across the weekend with all of the League One teams, that these players aren't used to the the intensity carrying on so long. So Ipswich were knackered by the end of the game. They were playing against 10 men and they were pretty much sat back letting Sunderland come on to them. So I don't know if they are, you know, faced with uh, a, a more structured, heavily pressing side who are potentially more intense than Sunderland's lot can be. Um, and at home with that extra pressure of wanting to perform in front of the fans, that they're might be sort of an added layer of of something to make them lose control of the game as they did in moments against Sunderland today. So I look forward to them beating us three <laughs> nil. Yeah, just uh, just just on the um the added time thing. I know they had thirteen minutes at Sunderland's day. We had seven and seven uh, yesterday at the game. Do are any of you worried by the prospect of like w- with? Neil wanting to play the football, he, he he does. Will will we likely see a lot of burnout and injuries, or is that is is the burnout thing like similar to Leeds's burnout thing, being potentially a bit of a myth? Mm. I think I, I think, think it's a, bad. I think the bigger yeah. So along with that, I think what I think the bigger problem in the championship is you just play a lot of games close and like close together, and it's that that's more a, a, an effect on fatigue rather than I don't know like sort of. 10 extra minutes in a game or 10 to 15 minutes added on. I think playing what like three games in a week will take it out of you, even it did anyway. So I don't think it will be on, uh, like on top of like a, a compounding factor. It's a factor of me missing my train, which is, a, <laughs> which is a problem. And I'm going to have to have a serious think about, <laughs> about my post post-match plans on a Saturday now. Um, and also Whilst I understand it's a new directive and I understand they wanted to, um, you know, heavily enforce it this weekend, some of the bookings in our game were just genuinely pretty funny and just nonsensical. Like, I, mm-hmm. if someone can tell me what Daniel Johnson got booked for, please tell me because I honestly don't know. He 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 picked the ball up after a foul and dropped it, and he got booked. <laughs> what what did he do? What happened? I don't know. Um, this but... happens at the start of, of every season, though. So like, I, I will be really surprised if we're getting to October and still having sort of a, a grand total of 10 minutes added on to games. And equally, the, the yellow card signal will go. And remember at the start of last season, the, the prerogative was to allow the game to be more physical, to allow mm. players to challenge each other in the air, which basically became three weeks of strikers being allowed to back into whoever the fuck they wanted to and do whatever they wanted while the ball's in the air because the refs were going to let that. And then suddenly they all go, oh, no, actually, we've probably taken it a little bit too far. It's um, I'd be surprised if this carries on much longer because the managers will, will start getting annoyed. So all the managers are currently coming out and saying, oh, it's good to have the ball in the game. We want that, blah, 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 blah. They won't be saying that when it's a Tuesday night in November after some of their players have been on an international break when they've played four times in the past nine days they will be saying why on earth are you adding 13 minutes on here in this 2-0 game where it's clear what the result's going to be fuck off um, so it won't last 
Mm. Yeah, I, I, even though I don't think it will be a, necessarily a real effect on fatigue, I can definitely see managers saying that it is, <laughs> and that being a major <laughs> factor in it in it going. I can definitely see managers around November time saying, you know, we've got we've played fifty five minutes added time, um, and then kicking off about it. But yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. I think just going back onto the results for this week, especially with Ipswich. I think it's important to not be disheartened if things don't go our way, because to steal a phrase off not the top 20 again, they are an upwardly mobile team in the sense that, you know, they are riding a high. They have just had a brilliant season last year in League One. They are playing their first home game back in the championship. It's going to be a difficult match for us. More, All the better for us if we get a result. That will be a real and a really good sign of things. But I'm not I'm not looking at that match and thinking, yeah, okay, this is yeah, we can we can get we can do well here because I do think that it will be a tricky a tricky little game. But you know, you never know. It's a new season. We're full of optimism. Um and potentially full of more signings, maybe. Uh Luke McNally came in last week and Alex Neal said that we've we've not spent any money or something. Um are we do we need more players? Do we what do we what do we ah? certainly in terms of cover, uh, I'd be a little bit disappointed if we didn't pick up a, a right back and another centre half. Um it at the John Coates, Alex Neal, and uh, Ricky Martin uh, event, they seem to indicate they there was more to come. Um I don't know if the, this was pre McNally signing or not, possibly was. Um but I don't it didn't seem like from the quotes that they just meant him. Uh, so yeah, I, I can I can see as whether it's finally sorting out Colchester lad or um, who knows. But no, I'm not going to talk about Turkish lad because the men will come. Um, <laughs> or, or or just um, I've, I have seen a bizarre link. Uh, this is Dave's wicked whispers uh, that was posted. <laughs> Posted in our group chat. Um, uh, Sent a half from Wrexham. Uh, Aaron Hayden? Isaac Hayden. I, Isaac Hayden. Isaac Hayden. A- yeah. Aaron, Aaron Hayden. Aaron Hayden. <laughs> right. Rex, Hayden. Wrexham. Wrexham. He's been injured. He's been injured since January. Oh, Isaac Hayden's the one in Newcastle, isn't he? Or was not Newcastle? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Aaron Hayden. I think... I think we need, I mean, Neil sort of said this in either pre-match, post-match, one of them, uh, that he's really pleased with actually the work we've got to do in. You know, he was frustrated at the start that it wasn't that early, but he's pretty pleased that we have made a lot of signings at the current point we're at, which I guess leaves us in quite a nice position. And I think that means we should improve on some of the players we have who are Northern Irish internationals <laughs> who play in the centre of midfield? Well, we called Jordan Thompson. If we funny, could get another midfielder, because Team Talk are reporting that apparently we have offered uh, Josh Onoma. Is that how you say it? Onoma. 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 Apparently, they're reporting a one-year contract with an additional twelve months as an optional extra. Um, and that would certainly... Think, Go on. I think if we're to play away at Blackpool, we need to take a photo of him at uh, a popular Blackpool landmark 
and that we can have a photo of Onoma Atapia. <laughs> nice. In other news, I'm leaving the podcast. Oh, no. Again. That was that was grand. That was grand though. He um he, he looked good in preseason, apparently, by all accounts, didn't he? I think. Yep. People yeah, people right against Burton. Better than Thompson? A different player. He's like a he's like an eight ten kind of uh dude, which I think is probably quite useful to get what now that we have a lot of technical focused mm. wingers and, and and strikers i guess in uh my then probably we do need a bit more of a eight than a ten uh to to sort of back up daniel johnson i guess just because we have the creativity elsewhere um i guess he's an experienced championship player i used to live with an aston villa fan who called him josh anonymous so hey. oh, maybe that'll go the... well so who who would you say is like if you if we're going for player by player, is Thompson the backup for Pearson at the moment? Who would be the yeah. re- reverse yeah. Yeah. for for Lauren? Baker. Baker when he has legs I I forgot Baker existed. Um, but maybe we could get someone who could cover both of those roles. Mm. Who's called Walter Berger or someone like that? Hey, well that was a link, wasn't it? That wasn't a mm-hmm. really odd link that came in the week, and you just don't know who to believe anymore. Because some, you know, in the old days, it'd be like, "Well, that's stupid," but now, you now believe we actually... American fast food chain Whataburger, <laughs> and they would <laughs> not get involved unless oh. there was obviously a move. <laughs> the, the, the the contrast with that, though, Chris, is that I I remember thinking as a kid we'd signed Rob Hulse about four times so <laughs> like you know so it's you know so there are swings and roundabouts to it aren't there so uh, only believe uh, at Wizards of Drivel on Twitter your <laughs> source for all the fresh Stoke City news <laughs> oh dear me um, you mentioned the staff event Dave uh, where Coatsy yes. and Neil and Ricky Martin himself were all sat having a little chat. It's nice that they're doing these events. Um, was there any? I'll be honest, Ed, I watched a little bit of it, but it was on at the same time as I don't know kids running amok, and so I didn't really hear any of it. Um, was there any? Was there anything good that I missed? Um, it was it was it was fairly kind of down the line as you expect no like huge revelations um but the the quotes i thought were most telling uh from i think neil and john coates in particular were talking up um your man jared's role american jared dublin uh and talking about him as him as some kind of football super brain incredible knowledge of players around the world incredible sort of uh human google of uh, potential players to buy and they they kind of talked through the different roles so in in a sense what how it seems to me is Jared Dublin finds the players and Ricky Martin like does all this sort of technicalities behind getting them to the club so work permits etc um but they were really keen to talk up, you know, what a big impact he's had already and um, what a fantastic resource uh, he is. And I think um, my shout in the season preview show of him as some kind of Jonah Hill in Moneyball figure might not have been mm. the worst one in the world. Um, and yeah, they, they, but they, I think the, the 
core vibe of not only this event but the whole uh, preseason media wise um signings wise and pr wise if you like has been this is a reset this is a, a new start to a point where i thought this is going a bit too far and that point was when the teams came out yesterday uh jo- was it john t on the mic uh, john t said uh welcome to the bet 365 stadium welcome to the new chapter and i was like oh my god if we lose this like that's gonna look so embarrassing. <laughs> welcome to the new chapter same as the old chapter <laughs> <laughs> No, but they uh, just on that, Dave. Like, um, they the match day presentation um had been uh, switched up quite a bit as well. Um, they played a really really cool um sort of pre match video, which I really really oh, liked. Brilliant, and I would really like them to play that before every game, or just release it on the YouTube channel just so I can watch it again because it was really really good. Um, it like went through you know, little time to to time, incidentally, from inception. Um, And (laughs) um, yeah, concluded with, I'm I'm still stunned as to how they managed to get highlights from like last season in there (laughs) Um, as as points to remember, but you know, good, 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 good marks for that. But yeah, it was, it was good. And it did feel, it did feel like there was, yeah, fresh, fresh eyes on all areas of the club. Um, We will mourn the loss of, uh, the pre-match warm-up segment with John T. Sargent, though um, it lasted for two seasons. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a nice uh, yeah. Put out the video, please. Stoke would be my Brilliant. request. <laughs> Brilliant. Still not as good as my uh, Walk of Life video, but you know no. we move. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. It's announced in like March that. We've we've been filming an Amazon documentary for the entire season <laughs> with all this kind of chat in it. If we if Stoke do one of those pissing documentaries and we're not on it, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> the fucking the fucking Roker Report lads are on that Sunderland documentary for like half the fucking episode. They'll get they'll get the why 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 files, aren't won't they? Because you know convention. <laughs> conventional <laughs> podcast poor Ben poor Ben <laughs> no we're oh, not going to stop till we've slagged no, okay. off every other podcast who else is the right well okay let's make a they, list they, they were going to pick us but then they listened to George say Moroccan Ryan names last week and then they thought right we're not having these guys on. <laughs> that's it <laughs> we're, co- we're coming for all of them we're gunning yeah. for every podcast <laughs> i just want to just to just to um go back because i feel like it is important when we slagged off barstool because they're american that doesn't mean jared dublin is bad because he's american he's a good one they're the bad ones <laughs> so just wanted to put that in there in case when, when america jared sends people to Sorry. When America sends its people to Stoke, it is sending its best. They're not bringing drugs. They're, bring, they're, bring, they're, they're bringing transfers. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck off, Barstool. <laughs> Sworn enemies, Barstool Sports. Uh, any other business, gentlemen? Anything else we would like to discuss? Or mention anyone we want to feed to a hippo. Ooh. Um hippo. Mm. Mm. It's been a good week. I'm not really feeling 
bitter, but the the but the hippo must feed. They are still <laughs> they are still munching on the Australian Test team to be fair, <laughs> oh, yeah, from, from last week. So I mean, I I I I'd, I'd maybe suggest the 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 uh, the the people who like uh, gleefully paid attention to women's football to watch Megan Rapinoe miss a penalty, but. Mm. It was yeah. quite funny though. Worst kind of people. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, we could feed uh, August weather, British August weather, mm-hmm. uh, because. Um, so um, as as I've mentioned to everyone here, I was in Morocco this week, where I have been, and um, <laughs> that meant that I arrived in Stoke, having had very little sleep, getting the first train out of London, um, and I did not. I only had shorts and like the thinnest outer layer ever. And so I'm at the ground in the pissing August rain and forced myself to buy a pair of Stoke tracksuit bottoms and the (laughs) bucket hat, the bucket hat that I'm wearing now. And there was a brief moment where I was in a bucket hat shorts and (laughs) like very thin layers outside the bet three, six, five thinking if it was normal August weather, this would actually be a vibe. But because Britain and climate change, um, I look like an absolute reprobate on day release. So, yeah, just just on on British institutes that were thrown to the hippos. I'm going to preemptively throw East Midlands Rail on to the <laughs> hippos just ahead of this season. It will save me doing it mm. at various points of the season. So, yeah, East Midlands Rail. Okay, so train and rain and yeah. one other. <laughs> how how was your how was your plane? Rain. rain. <laughs> how was how was your air travel from Morocco, Dave? Uh, my, 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 my oh yeah, my plane was like delayed by five minutes. So yeah, train, rain, plane, and Spain. <laughs> yeah, because why not? Fuck Spain. Uh, wait, <laughs> on, only <laughs> only. Only fascist Spain. So yes. train, rain, plane, and fascist Spain going into the hippo's tank. Awesome. <laughs> I like it. Very good. Very good. Right. Well, if that concludes our session, we. I don't think we'll. Do, are we going to. We're not going to do a midweek podcast, are we? Are we going to bother? This League Cup first round? No. Okay. Depends. We'll meet. Depends. The, the, other, the other podcast will cover that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, only if a remarkable situ- situation happens like um there was a, i think saido berahino scored in a midweek game once that prompted <laughs> me to just sing <laughs> song. um, um I'll t- before we go let me leave you with this really fun thing so yesterday i was driving southward on the m1 and I pull up next to a coach, which was Pauls of Stoke. And those of you who know, know that I live in the South Yorkshire area. And it was leaving Barnsley. And it had <laughs> on it the saddest faces <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> Just the most glum faces on this poor, poor coach. And it just made my day even that little <laughs> bit better. In the, in the pouring rain, sad faces. It was great. Right, let's go away. Tom, <laughs> thank you for your presence, and I hope you have a nice week. I'll try my best too. Matt, 
likewise, I hope trains don't make you sad and that the week is all right for you. Thanks, Chris. That's very generous of you. Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) I am not going on any trains, but thank you for your concern. Dave, I hope you also have a good week. You're not going to anywhere fancy this week, are you? No more big trips? Brownie back stick. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. We do absolutely appreciate it. Uh, Here's to another good season then, everyone. Go on. You pottery people.